Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Door. Bumper. Clear. Hey, you're listening to Door Bumper Clear presented by OfferPad. I'm Brett Griffin, and we're all back from Phoenix. It's a big show today as we have a major announcement to reveal along with a special guest. Plus, we'll talk Chase Briscoe's impressive restarts, Keselowski and Wallace struggling, expectations for Atlanta's new surface, and more. Let's freaking go. Nobody's listening, but I don't care. I'm on an episode of Door Bumper Clear. Hey everybody, I'm TJ Major, spotter of the six cup car, six state Xfinity this weekend, zero trucks, and uh, Casey is here. You I are? missed one show because I was dying. Jeez. You were dying? I Died? was dying. What was wrong what with you? Dying? I was very sick. You came back from the dead? I'm alive now. What happened? Thanks to medicine. I got the flu. Oh, no, was it I'm actually the flu? Did you? I don't know. I was was say, was it just in the morning or... Yeah. Ironically, it was just in the morning, but no, I can confirm I'm not pregnant. To everybody who tweeted when I asked what the you shouldn't say that was. because when you got to come back in here in a few weeks and be like, guys, I got to tell you something. No, no, no. said that before. Whenever I do get pregnant again, though, I will announce it on the show. Don't worry. Yes, you're but gonna not, you're gonna not tell happening. us before you tell anybody. Yeah. Before mm. Chad, you're yeah. gonna have to. You're gonna take the pregnancy <laughs> test in the bathroom here at Door Bumper <laughs> Clear Studio. So well, we can all find right out there. together. And if you piss positive, we're popping bottles. All class. Brett Griffin, Spotter, Colleague Racing, had Daniel Hemrick on Saturday. Justin Haley with a top 17 run on Sunday after a hard-fought day at probably my least favorite track to watch a race and certainly my second least favorite track spot. Freddie Kraft, what's up, player? What's up? Freddie Kraft, Spotter for Bubba Wallace, Spotter for Landon Castle. Uh, just an eventful day yesterday. Had a solid day with Landon on Saturday. Uh, ran top 10 most of the day. Um, but you know, I, I concur with you that, that I hate that place. I don't Same. know what it is. Like, I, I know what it is. It's like, I just, it's not a good spotter stand for us. It's not a good race track. It's not, it just doesn't, it just doesn't put on a good race. I mean, TJ, you can look at the five races we've run this year. That was hands down the least entertaining. It, and you could, and you can look at, just look good at, good answer, I TJ. <laughs> well, I mean, Freddie, Freddie started right well, after Well, he's that, sitting so. there looking at you. I was waiting for him to say something. <laughs> Why? You did, you started, yeah, yeah. y'all are like, I'm y'all sorry, like connected I'm sorry. to each other. I know you don't say anything on here, so I want to let you y'all talk. Y'all are like connected to each other. It's like, as <laughs> soon as one, hey, I do agree though. It's very, it got strung out and there wasn't a lot going on like you, that. There was more, 
just more single file. And if you don't take the guys at the end of the race that started spinning off a of turn two, you know, the true X's and the Eric Jones and Chase, Chase Elliott, like Bell. if that doesn't happen, it is a completely boring race. And I hate to say that. Like I, it wasn't a terrible race because we did have those things happen and we had some awesome late race restarts. But without that, this race is a snooze fest. And I'm sorry to say that because the Phoenix market love it. West Coast fans love it. Um, but man, that racetrack, yeah, I mean, even with this car, and, and I said before the race to offer pad guys that were out there, Dan and Kyle, I said, I, we don't know what to expect today. This is California all over again. And, and I said, but I personally don't think we're going to see a lights out race like we've seen these first four races with this new car. And in my opinion, we did not. You can look at just, I mean, I don't, you take it for what's worth, but the Gluck poll every week for the last three weeks, it's been 90%. And I when, didn't look at it this week. Right when, I, when I when I went on there this week, it was sixty something. Right now, it's 70. is that including your vote? It should be thirty. Yeah, seventy <laughs> versus thirty in thirty. The yeah. only way so, you see the results is to vote. And so. when you when you look at the comments too, I think a lot of it were they were Chase and Larson fans, but there there were quite a few saying like, "Why is this a championship race? Like, why are we deciding the champion I, in Phoenix?" I think we've said that for yeah. two or three years on here, like since they moved it there. No matter what package you go with, no matter what, whatever, it just doesn't put on a good race for the Cup Series. You know, I have no, I don't remember leaving there going, holy, that was an amazing race at Phoenix. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't ever remember that happening opposed to like Homestead or, you know, places that we've gone in previous years that just puts on a a better race. So I don't know, you know, and we've heard that they're going to move the schedule around and stuff. So hopefully in, you know, 2023, we see maybe a different finale. Yeah, I'm with you, man. Like, if you look at the races, the racetracks that we use and utilize to end each round of the playoffs, it's like wholly exciting. But then the finale, as we've said on here before, Homestead is lights out 10 times better than Phoenix. But honestly, there's literally, I would take Loudon over Phoenix. I, I would take anything. I would take Pocono Raceway over yeah. Phoenix. It yeah. is literally my least favorite place to watch us race. Uh, it's... Yeah, like the, the Cup the, Series, the only, Series, I'm fine with. The only way you can get, you can sell me on running Phoenix for the championship race is if you can guarantee me a green white checker every time, because the restarts there are insane. Yeah, obviously. green white checkers. So you can you can have a you know a fairly boring race there, and you throw a green white checker at the end of it, and it's a it's chaos. I mean, it's super it's super exciting. We I mean we saw last year's championship race was decided on pit road. You know, and that shouldn't be the case. If you've got a faster car, you should be able to get to the guy in front of you and pass him. Last year's race was essentially decided on pit road because whoever came out with the lead on that last pit stop was going to win the race. I called Ricky Stenhouse. He was two laps down. I was three-tenths a lap faster than him. And once I called him, I was dead in the water. I couldn't do anything. It was like the same car we had a few years ago. But before we dive into this show, man, big shout-out to Bojangles. Had me a, a, a Cajun biscuit this morning. And shout-out to this big-ass announcement we're about to make on our show later big. on. Big. I feel like it's – it got – I feel like it's alligator related. Is it something in Florida? I feel like there's alligators involved. Yeah, there's definitely a little gator involved. I don't know if it's a big gator, but a little gator. So we're, we're pumped to share something with you guys. Make sure you keep tuning in. And uh, we'll eventually get there. Jason tells us the order in which all this show things happen. So you guys can be mad at him for not letting us debut it after eating our biscuit yeah. this morning for Bojang. And shame on you guys all skipping through the show right now to try to find it. <laughs> Oh, well, anything else besides Phoenix that, or besides the on-track activity at Phoenix that we want to touch on before we end the spot on, spot off? You guys are pretty quiet Yeah, we're, we're, I'm a little tired. Um, I'm sleep deprived. 
Yeah. It's, uh, it's, how was the how was the broadcast? I heard or somebody tweeted at me that that Clint might have mentioned to Danica that this was an IndyCar. Was she making IndyCar references again? I of course was at Vegas last week, so I didn't listen to that part. So I've heard a few, but I just kind of metered the broadcast and decided. To and like, listen, to I'm a huge Danica Patrick fan. Like I respect. I thought she did a great job. What she's done as a female in, in in the sport, you know, I mean, she never won a race, but hell, they're not easy to win. There's a lot of guys that never won a race. I didn't enjoy her on the SRX spot broadcast, so I'm not surprised that people aren't enjoying her. She doesn't bring a lot of energy. She doesn't bring a lot of knowledge about this car. You can't be on a broadcast with a major network partner and be asking questions when you're supposed to be the expert analyst, right? So um, I, I only went through my social media last week, saw some tweets this week. I think there's a lot bigger personalities with a lot more energy that can do a hell of a lot more for the sport. Um, but again, I, if I were the president of NASCAR, and clearly I'm not, Danica Patrick would be at the track every single week. She would be our, I'm sorry, Kip, she would be our pace car driver, celebrity pace car driver. She'd be giving ride-alongs before the race. Like I would want her integrated into our shows. So I'm glad she's back at the racetrack, uh, but I'm not I'm, I'm not going to be mad she's not on our I broadcast. I think that she does a much better job at the Indy 500 as a host sitting there interviewing people because – you know, that's something that she does on a weekly basis with her podcast. You know, that's something she has experience about as opposed to being a expert color analyst in the booth. You know, she can sit there and, ha- and have that same personality and bring out more of out of people versus, you know, like you said, asking questions about something you should know the answer to on the broadcast. So I, I, I agree with you. I think she'd be great to have around. I think she does a great job at the Indy 500. Uh, you know, that little pre-race thing on the pagoda that she does. Agree. And, you know, I think that that's probably more of an avenue for her to proceed than where she's doing. And now. she's still hot, like a grid walk type thing. Would yeah, be yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, she's she's still hot, right? You agree <laughs> with that? What? Is she the hottest driver you ever spotted for, TJ? Uh, he's got Brad now. Oh yeah, I forgot got about the that. bromance <laughs> rocking. I can't hear you, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, Jason pretty much covers everything in Spot On, Spot Off. So before we head into that, let's hear a little bit more about our presenting sponsor, OfferPad. Hey, listen up, DBC fans. When it's time to buy or sell your home, there's only one company to do it with, and that's our friends at OfferPad. We are fresh back from racing in OfferPad's home market in Phoenix. If you live in the Phoenix area and are thinking about selling your home, do it with OfferPad. If you wanted to see what your home is worth, take five minutes to fill out a form about your home and request a cash offer from OfferPad.com. It doesn't get much easier than that, TJ. Within 24 hours, OfferPad will send your cash offer along with other options to choose from. If that cash offer works for you, you'll get the awesome different perks of selling to OfferPad. Among those, getting ready to close and move on your schedule is a breeze with flexible closing dates up to 90 days. OfferPad also offers extended stay options to let you remain in your home for up to three days. There are no showings and a free local move. That free local move is courtesy of TJ Majors. Yet another perk. He gets to come out and flex his muscles in that tank top that he wears. We're headed to race in another OfferPad market this weekend as we visit Hotlanta. I love Atlanta. If you live in the Atlanta area and are ready to move, get the process started with OfferPad today. When asked where you heard about OfferPad, select the NASCAR option so they know we sent you Hashtag awesome different. Spot on, spot off. It goes like this. Spot on means you agree. I'm spot on. Are you joking me? He's lost his mind. Oh, and by the way, no one ever seems to agree. And then spot off means you disagree. 
spot off. Oh, here we f-ing go. This is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. But if you're TJ, um, uh, uh, there's only one correct answer. I don't know. It's time for Spot On, Spot Off. First topic, neither Ross Chastain nor Tyler Reddick attempt to rub Chase Briscoe up in the last two restarts as they all battled for their first career Cup Series wins. Spot on, spot off, TJ. I'm spot on for it. These guys have been racing around each other for a little while, and they appear like they're going to be racing each other for a little while. And they had a heck of a race up front. When I glanced up there, they were two, three wide. I mean, I, I saw Ross. I don't know. It makes me laugh that you glanced up there. I did glance up there. Because you and I were up there. I had to make sure there wasn't a wreck. Um, I looked up there one time, and Ross had run Chase up. Almost cleared him. Like, he ran him all the way to the wall off of two. And I was like, oh. So, I mean, without hitting him, I thought that was as good a racing as you could have had with them guys up there. I mean, it was exciting. I actually am, am even spot off on this being a topic, Jason. I love you, but I'm sorry. There was nothing else that happened in the race. There was, this was great racing. Now, was I surprised that Ross didn't take him all the way to the fence? Maybe a little bit, but they didn't like many inches from being in the fence. But if they did, I think Ross was going to get hooked in the right rear. Neither one of them were going to win the race. I mean, when you look at Chase Briscoe and what he did there, He's led the second most laps this year at 121 laps led. That's a freaking huge stat. I mean, this guy last year, let's be honest, he sucked. This is his first top 10 ever on an oval, and he won the race, right? Uh, When you look at Tony Stewart, who handpicked him to go in this 14 car after Clint Boyer retired, it looked like maybe he didn't make a good decision. And then here we are, you know, four races in, five races in after counting an exhibition race, and Chase Briscoe puts on a hell of a show, leads a lot of laps, wins the race. You can't ask for anything more out of a second-year guy this early in the season. Locked into the playoff, locked into the all-star race, get your first win. And look, your first win in the Cup Series is your hardest to get. After that, they seem to come a little easier for some reason. Yeah, I was surprised just to the fact that I've seen Ross spin a guy out for a win one time at Daytona. But <laughs> his own teammate. <laughs> Uh, no, like, like they said, it's you guys it, remember that one well, huh? Yeah, I remember. Uh, spot on. You know, it's refreshing to see this because there, you know, a lot of times, you know, we talk about especially like the truck series. You know, there's not a lot of respect out there, and this is this is a group of guys that have raced each other every step of the way, whether it be in truck, whether it be in Xfinity. You could see them joking around on pit road. I saw a cool video of uh, Tyler and Ross joking around about how much they trusted each other after the race. And Ross was like, I'm just hoping you didn't get in my left rear quarter panel because I was right on the edge of wrecking already. Um, but yeah, it's just, you know, this is, this is, I guess what we're getting ready to see because, you know, we talked about this new car shaking things up a little bit. Like Brett said, Chase has now led the second most laps this year. Ross was in position to win the race last week, obviously in position to win the race this week. Tyler Reddick, I think, is going to have multiple wins this year. I think he's this car just lends itself to Tyler's driving style. And then obviously Chase has been Chase was in position. He was probably the fastest car at the Coliseum when he broke. Um, they were running well at uh California. Yeah, it was a California, I think. And I remember joking around with Joey towards the end of that race. Joey Campbell, congrats to him, his first win as a cup spotter. Um Probably who his first was, who was extremely nervous, by the way, <laughs> well, I don't as, as I guess he should be. Let me tell you something. What we've been missing out on is Rick Ware Racing is a hotbed for spotters because they went and got Tyler Mon from Rick Ware Racing two years ago, and he went out and won a championship last year. They go get Joey Campbell this year. Yeah. They're running their ass off. So maybe we're missing the boat on this Rick Ware spotter program. But, uh, you know, I joke around spot with them <laughs> boxes. You can spot anything. <laughs> 
Hey, they've Seriously? been all right. He just, just had to throw <laughs> Casey, in a it's a me. joke. I mean, it? kind of. Rick uh, Ware was back being Rick Ware yesterday, though. Yeah. They were slowing in the Ooh. way after an amazing debut at the Coliseum. But yeah, <laughs> anyway, Joey Campbell, shout out to him. I, I was standing beside of him and I got out of the way. And if you guys uh, go back and watch the replay, that's how you get a car out of the way when the leaders are coming. So for some reason, You're some amazing. of these back markers can't do that. And I'm standing beside Joey, and I'm waiting on him to thank me for getting out of the way, TJ. And he never said thank you. So I hit him on the arm when the caution come out. And I was like, when I get out of the way like that, you say thanks. And he said, man, I'm nervous right now. You know what's, uh, it, hey, it's winning your first cup race, especially, I mean, that tight a race. And what do you think his heart rate was? The spotter. 300? <laughs> I'm telling you right Mine's now, his heart rate zero. was probably 150. Guarantee Does this you. give Joey, like I know his brother, you know, Doug won the 500, but. You know, Joey's led more laps in the Cup Series now than his brother. Listen, he, the Campbell brothers that never won a Cup race before, now they've won half of them this 50. year. So, yeah. It's pretty good. Good for record. them. Great dudes. Yeah. yeah. We need more Campbell brothers. They're complete polar opposites personality-wise. <laughs> yeah, so well, at least, at least little Joey's right now. Big extrovert, and, and Joey's an introvert till he has a couple shots. TBR. Team TBR. Can't, uh, can't wait to see how Joey celebrates. Spot on, spot off. Bubba Wallace says, I am trying to stay effing calm, but I am effing over it. Effing terrible during stage two. Freddie. I think you could have probably heard this if you scanned anybody with a Toyota emblem on the front of their car yesterday. Uh, this was this was a very frustrating moment in the race for us because we had just, we were racing TJ for Lucky Dog, and I think the leader had passed TJ and maybe the very next lap, the caution came out. Yeah, uh, we did get the lucky so dog. So TJ got the lucky dog. We did not. And yeah. it was just, this was like everything to a boiling point. Our car wasn't very good at the time. Um, but to, to be honest, none of the Toyotas really ran well yesterday. I looked up one point and in the middle of the race, and I think the highest running Toyota was 14th or 15th. Um, so it was, obviously we missed something there a little bit. Uh, we'll, a little bit. We'll get back and, and, and be better for the next one, I'm sure. But yeah, but just a frustrating day yesterday. We, we, we made mistakes that just kind of compounded mistakes and 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 ruined our day. We Bubba had slid into the box one time and and got us too close to the left side wall, so we couldn't get the car jacked up properly. Ended up going from about fifteenth all the way back to thirtieth, and on that run was a, just a longer green run where the leaders got around to the back of the pack, and we were still trapped back there because, like we talked about, no matter how fast your car is, you can't pass. You've got to be a half a second better than the guy in front of you to pass him. So we were kind of just trapped back there. We lost a lap there, and that kind of just set in motion. The rest of our race, we were kind of trapped a lap down. We were getting back into it. We ended up getting a loose wheel, which was impressive in my point because we Bubba came off pit road. He's like, there's something broke in the rear end. And, you know, we're like, well, there's, no, there's nothing back there that could be broke except like a suspension part. There's no more track bar back there or anything. Um, so luckily, he ran about three or four laps, and he said, I'm coming to you. And it, ter- it turned out to be a loose wheel. So we caught that, luckily, instead of losing the wheel and tearing the car up and finishing 30th, at least we – Lost another lap, finished twenty second. But it's just a you know frustrating day. A couple of mistakes really put us behind the eight ball. We ran, we ran with Kurt essentially all day within a couple of spots of Kurt, and he ended up fifth, and we ended up twenty second just by just by making mistakes. So it's just stuff we got to clean up, and that's kind of the difference in a guy like Kurt that's been a champion that can manage the race a little bit better and and just avoid those mistakes versus you know an inexperienced guy such as Bubba that you know we just got to clean it up. But yeah, you know, just a couple of mistakes set us back yesterday. Saw Denny Hamlin qualify second. Saw him run really well. Had a speeding penalty on that first sequence of pit stops. Never saw him again. Uh, Toyotas were struggling yesterday. Struggling a lot more than I thought they would be at this point in the year. Obviously, we're only four races in. But if you'd have told me four races in, Justin Haley would be ahead of 
Christopher Bell and Denny Hamlin in points, I would say you're crazy. Uh, but he is. Yeah, it was uh, definitely a trying day for, I mean, going to the next topic as well. Uh, Casey, you want to start that one? Oh, yeah. This one is definitely for you. Brad Keselowski finishes outside the top 20 for just the second time at Phoenix since 2010, wow. while teammate Chris Buescher finishes in the top 10. Um, you know, there's speaking of topics, Jason, Austin Dillon gets sent in the last corner and you have, you know, some Surprise of these other topics. I was winning DBC picks to the last corner. I mean, I'm so dang. Was. Um, yeah, you know, this is well, a fault. <laughs> so Freddie's guy wrecks your guy and then your guy loses and Freddie's guy wins. Yeah. Oh, there's conspiracy here. You know, sure. where yeah. was Freddie standing on the roof yesterday? Right next to Suarez's guy. <laughs> Ship him. So, I'm going to um, screw Jason here. Yeah, that happens a lot, Jason. You just get used to it. Um, yeah, this is product of going to a you know a new place, trying to turn it around. I think the 17 was probably going to run, what, 12th or something? Yeah, he was, like this is a little bit skewed because the little 17 bit, wasn't a top 10 car, but he was better than Brad. He, he was a... Uh, you know, he was still decent. Yeah, he was better than us for sure. So, you know, that's something to, to you go look at and you build off that. There's going to be weeks where, you know, it's opposite and we just keep building on those. This is, you know, it's going to happen at points this year. We all like we expect that. We know that. And if you, you know, none of us, none of us expected to go into this and get this thing turned around and, and be a top five team in a month or one off season. this is going to take time, you know, and this is going to show the traits of Brad in the long run here of building a team, you know, a competitive team week in and week out, you know, this is, this is the challenge that he's taken on and it doesn't, you can't do it. You can't do it that like this quick. It's just going to take time. So this is just one of them weekends where it was a struggle, but all you can do is we can see you guys bounce back though. I mean, you sucked yeah. at that Lake Coliseum. You guys were horrible. And oh, then yeah. you show up at Daytona and you win the duels. Right, there'll Both be peaks and valleys this year for yeah, sure. Yeah, so I mean, highs are high, lows are low, but I yep. mean, look, it, it's still like you said, it's a long-term play. Uh, really sucks to see a, a stat like that because obviously, if Keselowski's been running that well there, you know it's not the driver. But the good news is, you know it's not the driver. You know you got to work on your cars and make your stuff yeah. better. And look, that's one of the reasons why uh, Kylie Racing takes the approach that they take with AJ Almendinger at these road courses. It literally is to be able to benchmark, hey, how good are our cars? Because they know that guy is capable of winning all those races. Brad Keselowski is capable of winning everywhere he goes. Yeah, for sure. Spot on, spot off. NASCAR race control sent David Starr out right in front of another car during Xfinity Series qualifying at Phoenix. TJ. You just started with me and Brad's. Per some, a few people's requests, spot on, spot off. I mean, you can't be spot on when there's two cars next to each other in qualifying. Um, yeah, it's just, I'm definitely spot off for that. You can't, you know, we got to be more careful with that and, and uh, look at it and see how and why and, and, you know, figure out a fix for that. Basically, so I don't know how if qualifying was on TV, if it was streamed this week, but... Essentially, what happened here was, I think the the race control, two mistakes were made. Essentially, one was they lost track of what lap the car on track was, which was a thirty three car. The next car to go out was the zero eight of David Starr. I will not try to pronounce the name of the driver that was driving the thirty three. It was Hazen 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 Doss Hazen Doss Ice Cream. <laughs> I'm not sure what his name is. I apologize. Uh, so he's on track. 08's on pit road. They both need to 
qualify on time. You know, that's the biggest takeaway that, that you have to come from come away from this with is they both were racing for their lives essentially at this point. So uh, they lost track of what lap the 33 car was on. So they thought he was coming to checker when he was coming to green. And and the, the, that was the first mistake. The second mistake was they sent him later off a of pit road than they have been all day. Essentially, they were sending everybody as you drove by into turn one and two, they would send the next car off pit road. So as you were taking, you essentially end up a half a track apart. Um, this time, I think just kind of got away from a little bit and they sent him as the driver was going into turn three. So as he's taking the green flag, now the guy, he's coming off a four as the guy's leaving pit road. We had a race. And and we had a race, unfortunately. And they, they ended up 10 cars apart. Um, and then David, to compound the situation, probably looked in his mirror and said, holy shit, this guy's running me down. I got to go. And, and then he spun out coming to green off a of turn two, which just exasperated the situation 10 times worse. Uh, but yeah, this is just, this is just can't yeah, happen. It, the, isn't that like perfect timing? Like, of course the guy's going to spin out when yeah. it gets close. Yeah. I am 1000% spot off on this. And here's why you're having human error play a role in single car qualifying. The NASCAR race control made a human error, but even if they don't make a human error, if the driver makes a human error and wrecks on his qualifying timed lap, you just screwed the guy that left pit road when you're sending the guy, make it truly single car qualifying. We have a gigantic time window there. There's no reason for us to be doing this style of a format where if a driver crashes, it screws another guy, or if the tower makes a mistake, and let's be honest, they've made several this year that they shouldn't be making, that it screws up another team. So we saw another situation uh, during the race in which Landon Castle was involved and NASCAR dispatched a safety truck across the racetrack right in front of Landon Castle. I do not know if this made the broadcast, but I'm telling you, we were within feet of Landon Castle T-boning this safety truck. Landon's clearly under caution, so he's going about 45, 50 miles an hour. But that was an epic mistake on race control's part. We've got to figure out who our best race director is and leave them on the microphone for all these sessions that mean so much. We can't keep alternating guys. I mean, look, we can. We can keep alternating guys. But the reality is you need to put your best product in front of fans and your best product on TV. The race control has got to stop being such a flaw within the race itself. And I'm sorry to say that. I know that's probably going to piss people off, but... This can't continue to happen week after week after week in multiple series. We've said this about more than just race control. You know, the corner spotters, the flag man. I don't understand. I know I'm all for advancement. I'm all for people getting promoted and, and getting better and getting higher up in their job. But you're doing it at risk of ruining. The, like the 33 car did not make the race on Saturday. Did this play a factor in it? I don't know. Maybe you know, like it's you're a little bit rattled when you you know a guy spins out in front of you on your qualifying lap. Now you got to come down pit road, sit there for ten fifteen minutes, and then go back out and try again. Um, but you know, we've talked about corner spotters changing a lot and missing. We saw Daytona where not Daytona, uh, Vegas where they didn't see the twenty truck against the inside wall. Now, who knows what if that guy was there? You know, every week or not there every week, we don't know. But you know, like you said, like just get somebody that is. I don't remember. When I started this, David Hoots was the race director every time I turned my radio on. Towards the end, Tim Berman was was who does it a lot now, uh, was, you know, kind of taking over. He did some of the truck and Xfinity races, but he also had a wealth of experience. If you made TJ Majors, if you made two errors that large on Saturday, how long would you keep spotting? Um uh, probably not too long. I mean, 
especially the the shorter your time is, you know, I mean, I, it, I think if I think somebody that's been doing it a long time can afford more airs, you know, but if there's somebody new, you know, if you got somebody new and you're making airs, it's probably not long. Why? I don't understand why we use our national series, our second highest series qualifying session as a training ground for for race control. That's the thing that I don't understand because we have the ARCA series. We have the two K&N slash ARCA series. You know, we have an approval process for drivers. Drivers have to go up the ladder. They can't just start in Xfinity. You know, why, why, why is that? Why do we not have an approval process for the people that are doing their jobs watching these races? You know, I don't understand why we're not using that feeder system for officials just like we have to use it for drivers. You know, there's no way somebody should be thrown to the wolves. And I'm not blaming that this, you know, whoever this, ha- you know, was in race control. They're kind of getting thrown to the wolves here. This is the first time they've done this, and, and it's like, hey, go ahead and try it out. Someone and, thinks this is easy. Yeah. But there's oh, a lot not. of people who think that spotting is easy, and running that race control is not easy. There are so many variables that take place, even when you say the caution is out. Like, there are just so many things that they're managing. But we, I mean, we've been talking about this realistically since David Hoots left. We cannot continue to keep having these type of stupid problems. Yeah. Spot on, spot off. Atlanta Motor Speedway will use the Super Speedway Aero Package and Yellow Line rule with the debut of its new surface this weekend. Brett. Man, I can't wait to ask our special guest what he thinks about Atlanta. But here's the thing, man. Out of bounds, low horsepower, new asphalt, narrow racing surface. Uh, We were talking to Drew Herring yesterday, who's done a lot of development with a cup car, TJ, myself, and Freddie. Three cars out there together go one second faster than one car by itself. So we're going to see a potential package that offers plate style racing, you know, grouped up racing, but on a surface that may not be wide enough, especially with these rules that NASCAR is playing out. So uh, I hope that when we get there, we really take a look at practice, take a look at the surface. I hope we put these guys in some situations to know what to expect on Sunday. But I don't think we will because everybody's going to go out there and they're going to ride around. We do have a long practice. It's 50 minutes this week instead of 20 to give teams that additional track time. Um, but but nobody wants to go out there. Nobody, especially in the Cup Series, can go out there and afford TJ to wreck a Cup car, putting themselves in two wide, three wide, four wide scenarios. So I can say this, Casey. I had no idea what to expect at the LA Coliseum. I had no idea what to expect at Fontana. I thought I knew what Vegas was going to be like. I knew Phoenix was going to be exactly what it was yesterday in the back of my mind. Freddie heard me say it in the hauler yesterday, what I thought it was going to be like, and it was. We're right back to where if I'm a fan and I live within 50 miles of this place, I'm buying a freaking ticket and I'm coming to watch all weekend because you get two races Saturday, cup race on Sunday. We honestly don't know what the f- is going to happen. I'm excited for it. Same. I'm uh, in if there's a if there's a yellow line rule, there's, I think it makes a, a statement that we only have yellow line rules whenever it's a sketchy area. So we don't have a yellow line rule at Phoenix and we go 15 car lengths below the yellow line. So, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm excited. I've, I've thought some of these first-time events have been really good. I'm excited that, you know, no one really has a notebook for there to, to really start with. So, excited to get there and see what the, uh, the new Atlanta is, is all about. Yeah, I, I think, I think uh, you know, talking with some of the guys that have been there, Two and three wide is probably going to be unrealistic. Maybe two wide. The track's super narrow. Um, but uh, what I will think will happen, will you will see some massive runs. You know, I think the leader maybe is sitting duck for a while, but then you put this out-of-bounds line in, and 
And now where do you go with your run? You know, if you're going to get a massive run on a guy and, and the track is super narrow, you know, the front stretch is pretty wide depending on where they put that line. But, you know, the rest of the racetrack is, is fairly narrow. And where if you've got a big run on a guy, where do you go? Especially if they're too wide in front of you. You know, it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see. And, and I think the yellow line rule for this first one, especially you have to put it in place because we've seen guys that are just willing to, to go anywhere. You know, so let them go. A guy like Ross. Yeah, but you don't. That's not a yeah, good idea. Do. No, that's not a good idea. Oh, yeah. You don't want to wipe the whole field. out. Yeah, we do. Nope. Uh, so my question is the corners, the corners. You know, I'm not really worried about the straightaway. Are we going to be able to be two, three wide in the corners? You know what I mean? Like, uh, that's my question. I, I don't know that it's even wide enough for three cars in the corners. I'm not sure. Oh, I mean, really? I mean, it's pretty. Now, you've been on, you've raced on it probably, no? No, it's not. It's they, not on there? No, not yet. Oh. I don't know. Like, I'm just curious if the leader is literally getting run over on these restarts because these restarts are going to oh. be freaking epic. You're coming up to speed and wanting to. You're going to be able to run wherever you want. Hopefully, this track gets blown off and nice and clean for that to happen. Like, I don't know if you'll awesome. see it. Like, to me, I think the cup race will be – these guys have gotten pretty smart on their restart stuff. They don't get three wide as much as they used to in the past because they know two cars together go faster. If you get to a guy, you're better off pushing him, getting two together like that. But the truck and Xfinity – <laughs> Trucks. Trucks. I love it. Uh, Trucks. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I love it. It's going to be wait. awesome. I can't wait. I can't yeah, wait. I'm, I'm going to be here for those two also. Yeah. So Saturday will be a solid day. It's and Casey's going to be there. And so. I will be there. Awesome. We're so lucky. No, I missed that in a good way. with sarcasm. I'm excited you're going to be there, Casey. What are you doing? What do you got to yeah. do? Uh, sponsor stuff. Marketing. Okay. Social. You're going to come say hi to pictures. us? Pictures. Marketing social we might have a few shirts to give away so stay tuned for social butterfly you are all i see is you taking chad's time up i mean well that's not possible <laughs> since i won't see him for it's already taken up <laughs> all right spot on spot off michael jordan's advisor curtis polk says nascar teams would benefit from an nba like model that is less reliant on sponsor dollars and more on media dollars freddie let me just start this off by saying Denny Hamlin is great. And Curtis Polk is amazing. Uh, amazing, Jeez, amazing, oh amazing. Uh, no, so we uh, we actually had this as a topic. This happened two weeks ago. We had a topic last week, but I'm going to kick it to Brett because I know Brett had some conversations with people behind the scenes, and this is kind of – this is Brett's realm of marketing and and a, and a position he's been in. So let's, what do you got here, well, Hammer? This Pretty isn't much the Brett's first wrong. time this has ever happened, right? They formed the RTA, I'm going to say six or seven years ago. I don't remember the exact year, right? But they formed the RTA, Race Team Alliance. And what they publicly said about the Race Team Alliance was it was their attempt to help the race team save money. Like, let's not get price gouged on hotel rooms and rental cars and all those things. Well, guess what? They're still getting price gouged on hotel rooms and rental cars and all those things. What the RTA was truly formed for was to go to NASCAR and get more of the media money, the TV money. And essentially, NASCAR went from signing one-year deals with tracks to five-year deals with tracks to lock all that money up so that the team owners could not get it. Here's the way the model works. You got to have sponsors to show up at the racetrack. You got to have cars to show up in order to make it a race. And if you don't have sponsors and you don't have cars, you don't have a race. The question for me here is, will Rick Hendrick, will Roger Penske, will Gene Haas, will Matt Collig, will Michael Jordan? Oh, by the way, everybody I just said has one thing in common. They're billionaires. 
Will the billionaires truly stand up and fight this time to get their piece of the revenue share? If you look at the overall percentage of revenue that NASCAR creates, the team owners are getting between 10 and 15% of that total split. Now, you got to realize that 10 to 15% is getting split up amongst all the teams, right? So it's not a big rake. And what Michael Jordan's guy is saying is, when you see these NBA players going out and signing 40 and $50 million a year deals, it's because the teams are getting a major rake from a profit sharing rate from the league, right? So what the drivers and owners are saying, or the owners are saying, is, hey, give us a piece of parking. Give us a piece of souvenirs. Give us a piece of concessions. Give us a piece of TV. Give us a piece of all the things that you guys are doing. And that has not been happening. The question is, though, will the owners stay together? Because if they stay together, they've got a lot of control because they're who provides the product. Without, I mean, Bruton Smith can own all the racetracks in the world. If there's no race cars to go around them, it ain't going to matter, right? And if those guys take their race cars and go somewhere else, I think that's what the public follows. If they say, hey, let's go all run South Boston this weekend, do you think South Boston's going to sell out after what I saw with SRX? I'd say, yeah, it probably is. You saw SRX go out and get a six-race television network deal with CBS. That's a pretty big freaking deal for a brand-new series with a bunch of old retired guys. No offense to those guys, but they're not relevant. All of our guys are relevant. Our team owners are obviously in a great position um, this is just a shot across the bow to say, we want more money. We want you guys to stop being so greedy and share a piece of the pie. Will they? I don't know. In the past, they've gave you the finger, the middle, but I don't know what they do this time. Yeah, I think the biggest thing, like you said, is will they all stick together and stick to their guns? You know, we've seen this. It's kind of been the, the good old boys club. It's, you know, the same owners have been around forever and the, the France family's been around forever and it's kind of, you know, now this with with Michael and, and Curtis maybe can inject some new life. Some guys that are, are new to the sport, but but Michael Jordan carries about as much weight in the world as anybody that you can name. Uh, you know, w- will he be able to rally the troops and, and kind of, you know, get this turned back? Think, into think about favorite? Roger Penske here in this role. Roger Penske owns IndyCar. Does he really want to see this happen? Does he really want to see IndyCar teams have this same type of leverage that these NASCAR teams are going after? I don't I don't I don't think so. So the question is, is the good old boys billionaire club going to really stick together and stand behind MJ and, and Curtis and make this thing happen? I think it's a good thing for the sport. I think the drivers are underpaid right now across the board, and there's going to be a lot of people in our industry that hear that. They're going to get mad. But having worked on the, the driver management side and knowing what they're, what is asked of them, I mean, from a time perspective, you know, the testing, the sim work, the travel, the, the appearances, the production days, like all the things. People, companies are capitalizing on their – Image and likeness. Obviously, they're the one holding the steering. Well, they're the quarterback. You know, essentially, your crew chief is your head coach. Your offensive coordinator is your spotter. Uh, your your offensive lineman is your A team that, that prepares your car all week. Um, your your skill players, your running backs, and your wide receivers are the pit crew guys that come in. And and guess what? The quarterback should make a hell of a lot of money if he's a good quarterback. And right now, it's not the case. But the team owners, um, it's it's going to be a this is this is the I, I love that it's a public shot because people that are following our sport closely. They can really follow this now and, and see what happens because some, some, something's going to happen. I'd like to discuss the offensive coordinator play okay, <laughs> a little bit. But I do think, I do think, Brett, to your point, you know, I was once told this in a job, like, if you don't want to do this, if you don't want to get paid what you're getting paid, then somebody else will gladly take your spot. And I think that could be something that. Do you want Jimmy Johnson or do you want uh, Cody Ware? I mean, I agree, but the Jimmy Johnsons of the world are, are getting pretty 
are getting paid pretty well from what I hear. Still, the, nah, nah, not really. Not anymore like they were. I think one of the things, too, that was kind of talked about a little bit is when, I don't know if this is driver council, RTA, whoever, but, you know, talking about like a, a minimum salary for the drivers, obviously. And, you know, you see that across the board in all leagues. And I think that that will do a lot. If we ended up with a minimum driver salary. But just, should Mike Harmon make $2 million a year? No, probably not. But that's what I'm getting at. You might, if we put in a driver's salary, you know, a minimum driver's salary, say it's a half million dollars a year, whatever it is in the Cup Series, you know, now you may see owners, okay, or do you want the guy that's bringing you money or do you want the guy that's going to perform? Because you got to pay the guy a half million dollars no matter what. So now are you going to bring in more quality? You know, is it going to be based more on talent versus more on funding? You, you know, can base it more on talent if you have the money to pay. Yeah, 100%. It. And that's what they're going after here yeah. is being able to get a Doug Kobe to go run versus a Jesse Awuji that, that is, is obviously not as talented, doesn't have the experience. So this gives the owners the ability, in my opinion, to go higher to Jimmy Johnson versus having to take the guy that's walking in with a check. I think it's a good thing. The question is, will it work? Because in the past, it's not worked. All right, guys, we've been teasing y'all for two weeks that we have a major announcement, and we are excited today to finally be able to break the news that Door Bumper Clear is going to sponsor Justin Allgaier in the number seven at Dover Xfinity Series race on April 30th. There will be a limited supply of 124-scale die-cast collectible cars TJ, that Justin is going to freaking sign. Can you believe our faces are going to be on the freaking hood of a race car? Look at it. That's the best looking car I've ever seen. Same. Yeah, I mean, this. look at that thing. I mean, it's amazing. I mean, this thing, this car, you can buy this car. You can. This will be available on RacingUSA.com, 124-scale diecast to buy this thing, and I'm going to have a fleet of them. So hopefully you beat me to it. But, I mean, what a beautiful race car. Yeah, I've never seen a car that Fantasy. I mean, we were going to do a fantasy diecast because we never thought we'd have our own primary door bumper clear paint scheme. But look at us go. Yeah, we're, we are on a race car. It's unbelievable. At one of Justin's best tracks. I feel bad for Landon, Brandon, and uh, who the hell do you spot for now? Daniel, Daniel Hammer, the Hammer, champion. The champ. Uh, because I'm not watching Landon all race. I'm going to be watching uh, yeah, the I'm going to clear behind the door bumper clear car. Brandon, <laughs> Brandon's going to be like... Who's that in the mirror? Who's that good-looking guy in the hood? <laughs> We're going to have me. to get Justin. He's getting ready to come on and talk about this. We're going to have to get him to taunt our guys. Yeah. Like, starting to drive intros. Like, push them around a little bit. Yeah. Like, don't 100%. take any don't right take off no the nobody. No. Nah. That might, I don't think that's a good idea. This is our car. <laughs> we may never have this chance again. This is it. We had a suite two weeks ago. We had Jordan Bianchi in here giving us all the love in the athletic last week. Yeah. And now we got our own race car. I can't wait. Just soak it in. I've already ordered 30 of them. So. I really wish I was in the room when NASCAR got a hold of this paint scheme for approval. You know they love us. <laughs> they can't wait to see this run. They can't wait to see the three of us promoting this race and this race car all the way to Dover. Turns out Justin's pretty good at Dover, too, so this might end up with us shotgun and beers. My, my favorite part of this whole thing may be that we're going to run it on April 30th. That is Elliot Sadler's birthday, and oh, Elliot nice. was against us doing door bumper clear from the beginning. He told Mike, you cannot put Brett on a podcast, especially in an election well, year. It wasn't really us. It was it, just you. He, I was going to say, it wasn't us. <laughs> I wasn't even there then. But yeah, that was, I think they were referring to you. Happy for the birthday, Elliot Sadler. We're running a paint scheme in your honor for your birthday. <laughs> so does, does uh, Eddie DeHaunt, does he does he say door bumper clear? Well, he's got to. <laughs> he's gonna, that's a requirement for the race. Do, he's do you use. think it's going to bother Eddie DeHaunt that he's got a sponsor and uh, he's got a spot, our sponsored door bumper clear race car? 
We should just go down there and give him tips already. We should Eddie, stand around Eddie. the whole race, stand yeah, beside him. Hey, Eddie, good Eddie, job. Good, good, pass. good pass. Good pass. <laughs> good pass, Eddie. Keep him pumped up. <laughs> Eddie, what the f- are you doing? Get we him drinks. Get this guy. We're going to be over there getting him drinks, feeding him shrimp, like whatever yeah, he needs. Whatever, whatever it takes. And we've also got RacingUSA.com on the car, as well as our good friends Offer Pad on the TV panel, so that when we pass you, the first thing you're going to see across the tail of this car is Offer Pad. Yeah. I mean, that's what better. How much better does it get? It doesn't get any better. This is it. And don't forget, guys, you can buy this car exclusively, exclusively on RacingUSA.com. I believe Justin's going to sign all the windshields on them. So uh, get there now. You can pre-order right now. We'll share the link here now. Uh, But, yeah, get on there now because I'm telling you right now, I'm going to buy at least 20 of these things. So you might want to hurry up and get there first. And you can go to RacingUSA.com slash DBC. That's where you can pre-order the die cast and we we have our own vanity URL at this point. RacingUSA.com slash DBC. Wow. We've made it, guys. Millions of listeners have finally made it. We made it. I'm going to sell my house with offer pad today, too. <laughs> Good Landon, day. Landon, Landon just bought a house with offer pad. He did. Landon awesome. Castle bought a house with offer pad. Nice. From listening to our podcast every week. This door bubble clear scheme wouldn't be possible without our friends at RacingUSA.com. Yeah, this thing came about as a fantasy diecast collectible, and you guys love our show so much that we actually were able to make it a reality with our good friends, Junior Motorsports, Justin Allgaier, and I think Mike Davis is going to want all the credit for this. This is the first ever DBC paint scheme, and it will sure be a valued collectible. Don't wait long to pre-order yours. Lionel will be producing an extremely limited number of 124 scale die casts that will be sold exclusively at RacingUSA.com. Man, the cool thing is Justin's going to autograph every single freaking die cast for our millions around the world of DBC fans. And I'm telling you right now, these things are going to fly off the shelves. Remember, RacingUSA.com automatically discounts every order, including this limited DBC die cast. And they also guarantee the lowest die cast pre-order prices. Be sure to register for this week's Diecast Giveaway Contest at RacingUSA.com. Go pre-order your DBC Diecast right now at RacingUSA.com slash DBC. All right, let's bring Justin on. I think I just saw him dive into the lobby. So we got Justin Algar joining us. Justin, man, I got to ask you a very serious question. How excited are you to carry our three faces on the hood of your car as a primary <laughs> sponsor of the number seven Chevrolet Camaro, the door bumper clear Chevrolet Camaro? You know, I asked him, I said, would the, uh, if the, I, I didn't know if the car would still fit in the trailer. Since you guys' heads were going to be on it, if it would actually fit in the trailer. TJ or not. does well, have yeah, a big head. No. You're right. Well, Freddie's body's not there. We're good. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, listen, what I can what I can tell you, though, is I'm pretty sure Mike Davis will not touch the ground the entire weekend. Like he is so excited about this. He's going to walk like on air. It's going to be the craziest thing in the world. But uh, no, I'm excited. Obviously, um, you know, being part of Junior Sports and seeing what Dirty Mo Media has has grown into and obviously what you guys have done with Door Bumper Clear over the years is is really incredible. So to have you guys on the car and to uh, to be able to to have some fun with it, you know, I think that that's what this is all about. Our, our your listeners and and our fans really the, the passion that they have for what we do is incredible, and I think that's what's going to make this so much fun. 
Yeah, the coolest part about it is fans are going to actually be able to buy this diecast. We've never had a door bumper clear uh, diecast available for purchase, and RacingUSA.com is going to step up and make that happen, man. So uh, we're, we're freaking stoked. This is probably the most excited I've been since we joined Dirty Mo Media, not because of necessarily our faces are on the hood, right, but mainly just because <laughs> it shows how much we've grown, right? So uh, I know you had your own podcast for a while on Dirty Mo Media. We appreciate you helping us grow this thing. But, man, we are freaking stoked. And it just so happens Justin Algar is pretty freaking good at Dover. Well, that's that's one of the things that I think is probably the, the coolest part is that we're going to racetrack that, that you know we've won multiple times at, and I feel really good about being able to go there and try to win. So, um, you know, I think we got a lot of a lot of positives going into this. But I think too, what you said is is truly the thing, right? Is to see this grow to where, you know, this was originally talked about as being a a fictional diecast car as a potential, right? And that fictional diecast car is turning into an actual car on the racetrack. And I think that that's something that I don't think any of y'all, especially myself, didn't see this happen. So, so to see this kind of be the case is, is really, really cool. And I think that, you know, I mean, they all look good at victory lane, but I mean, I think you all three would agree that if we go to victory lane, it's going to look pretty dang sweet. I do expect though, I expect that all three of you are in victory lane when we, when we, we go to victory we lane. Now, if we go, when we go. Every time you pass one of our cars, obviously I'll be doing the 11. Freddie will be doing the 10. Uh, TJ will be doing the 68. I want you to just flip our drivers off and be like, your spotters just passed you. I still think this is a ploy for Davis to make our guys get out of the way. Like, I feel like this is a ploy for Davis to have the 10, the 11, and the 68 just kind of move over and let Justin go that day, which is probably going to happen now. So basically, if you have any trouble with inspection, just blame these guys. <laughs> I'm a little worried about that. I'm not going to lie. Uh, <laughs> I'm a little worried about uh, <laughs> passing tech at, at Dover. But other than that, I think, uh, you know, I think bygones be bygones. I think we'll be in good shape. You know, um, we've – I'm trying to think how the best way to put it is without getting myself in trouble. We stay in trouble. That's sometimes right. things – some, sometimes, sometimes things need to be said. Um, and And not everybody is willing to say some things. So, you know. Talk, we'll about, to that. talk about Dover because you are obviously your track record there speaks for itself. What is it, What about Dover do you just just gravitate towards? Honestly, I, I wish I could tell you, you know, <laughs> for me, concrete racetracks have just been really good. You know, whether it's Dover or Bristol or Nashville, um, you know, concrete for some reason just suits my driving style. And, you know, I think that some of it comes from my dirt background. Some of it comes from just, uh, the racetracks, you know, I, I, I was good at Bristol to begin with. I, I ran Salem in the Arca series, you know, growing up I ran Winchester, you know, places that I feel like are, are very similar to Bristol. So, you know, I don't know. I wish I could tell you what makes me good there, but, but I just really enjoy it. And, and, you know, a lot of it comes down to a good car too. You know, it's hard to, it's hard to outwork a good car and, you know, everybody at junior motorsports has obviously put good race cars behind me to be able to go there and run good. So, you know, I think if we, uh, we stay out of trouble mind our p's and q's all day i think we got a good shot at being right there you know battling for a win i think um mike also said that if you do win the race you're responsible for buying us all three replica trophies yes four, including that, Casey. that was, that was said yeah in an email actually we have that well, in writing yeah that's actually in writing or it will well, be in writing i will i will uh i'll work with with mike davis um i will get him don't do that on where don't to go buy through those. Mike. yeah <laughs> i will work on i will work on with him where to buy those i will make sure he has the link so that his uh 
we'll put his credit card information down and we'll be good to go. Okay. Now, now I like that. Okay. Now you're talking. <laughs> hey, hey, before we let you jump, I do want to ask you one thing, Atlanta this weekend, brand new surface, man. A lot of questions about how this track is going to race. How do you foresee this going? I know you're at the sim today with Chevrolet. Like what can we expect out of this racetrack? Well, unfortunately, that's why I'm not in studio this morning is, is I'm here um, trying to finalize some things. You know, I was lucky enough to do the, the tire test there with the Xfinity series and then followed that up with the, uh, the wheel force test with the, uh, the Chevrolet wheel force car. And I, I, I wish I could give you a clear outlook of what I expect because I, there's a lot of, there's a lot of question marks that even I still have at this point. And I've driven there twice and, and I'm still looking at it going, man, I don't know how this is going to race. You know, I think that one of the things that's a question mark is the yellow line rule. You know, they, they've talked about it. Um, I don't know exactly where it's going to be at yet, but I, from what I understand, we're probably going to have a yellow line rule. Uh, that's going to make running down the front straightaway three wide, if that's what they want, very difficult. Um, so, you know, I think that, that we're going to have to really, you know, rules are great, but, but we also can't diminish the racing aspect of it either. Right. Um, as far as, the racing goes, you know, obviously their goal is to be three wide. I mean, that's just what they want. They want it to be super studio style. What I'm concerned with is, is that of all the laps that have been made on the racetrack, nobody's left about a five foot patch on the bottom of the racetrack, right? We just haven't because there's been no need to, um, you know, the, the bottom is the shortest distance. It's the one that majority of everybody's been on. So it's kind of worn in, you know, I'm interested to see with these abbreviated practices, do we get the track widened out where we're, you know, two, three wide, you know, that's, that's my concern. And and that's not the sad part is that's not the track's fault. Um, if we're not willing to go up there and practice up there and, and put ourselves up there and it's dirty, we can't really blame anybody for the track being dirty when we're trying to run too wide. So, you know, I think that's going to be the, the biggest question is how do we race each other? Um, how do you pass? You know, if, if we're not two, three, four wide, how do you pass? You know, those are all the things that in my mind, I'm, I'm concerned with, uh, and rightfully so I, I feel like we, we need to be, um, but you know, that's going to be on us and you guys and, and everybody that's a part of this to, to kind of help navigate that once we get to the racetrack. And will we, will we see you guys have to lift? Or are you going to be wide open the whole time? Um, uh, in by ourselves, for sure. It's easy, wide open. No question. Um, in the draft, I think I personally believe you're going to have to lift. I, I don't know that we're going to be able to run like Daytona Talladega. One of the things that I'm, I'm really interested in is um, the D cell. So like Daytona Talladega, you don't really worry about the D cell, right? But if you go to Phoenix or Vegas or California, any of these places that we've been already, you know, deceleration when you're lifting is a big deal with the super speedway engine package. There is no D cell, right? So with the regular mile and a half engine package, as soon as you crack the throttle and maybe go to 90% or 80%, you slow down with the super studio package. That's not the case. So you know, how much are you going to have to lift and how, how much of a timing issue is there going to be for guys that are used to a mile and a half are used to that D cell that they're not going to have it. So I think that's going to be the, the biggest question mark is just how you navigate the, the super speedway engine with kind of the normal aerodynamic package. I, I think it's going to be wild. Um, I can promise you this. I will be tuned in Friday night for the truck race. I, I think it's Friday night. I'm assuming Saturday, it's Friday it's night. Saturday. Uh, <laughs> oh, Saturday afternoon. I'll be tuned in Saturday afternoon for the truck race, but I promise you on Sunday, I'm going to be sitting in front of the TV, uh, got the popcorn out ready to go. Um, cause I'm, I think it's going to be pretty wild. 
Speaking of wild, uh, your day on Saturday seemed pretty wild. I mean, <laughs> I looked down, me and Brett were. Hey, sent- listen. <laughs> listen, I pitted like four times in the last 30 laps and still finished 10. So I'm, I, I'm just saying. I We looked down before the race and seen the hood up. I said, oh, damn, the seven's got a problem. He must be. I don't know if you went to the back or what they were working on. But then I saw you back up there. You got all the way up to the lead. Then I, I think, I don't know. I think I, you ended up in the fence maybe. Or I know you got shuffled to the top there. Then I heard a penalty. Then we were right behind you, and you were back on pit road on the last lap. And I said, wow, this guy's had a hell of a day. Yeah, so first of all, the hub failed. So in practice and qualifying, I mean, you know, we qualified 24th, which is highly uncharacteristic for us at Phoenix. But but we practiced equally as bad. I mean, we were just not good. And I kept telling him, like, man, I just don't feel like when I turn the steering wheel that the front tires are matching what I'm doing with my hands. Like, I I don't know what to tell you, but it's just bad. And we just thought, well, maybe we're on the splitter too hard or, you know, front balance was just off. And uh, when they were pushing the car to grid, they started hearing the brakes squeak. And it was actually the, the brake rotor shield was touching the wheel, which is basically impossible. If, <laughs> you know, if everything is normal, it's bolted to the, to the spindle. There is no way that should be able to touch the wheel. And um, they grabbed a hold of the, the right front wheel and they could turn it about three or four inches left and right. So when I was turning off in the corner, that right front tire wasn't connected to the steering wheel. So uh, we're, we're lucky that AR didn't crash, but B, that, it, it, that we found it before the race. So obviously I had to go to the back, uh, drove up through the field, you know, felt like we had, felt like we had a good enough car to, to battle for the win. Uh, one of the restarts, I got tagged in the left rear. We actually got the lead out on the pit stop and got tagged in the left rear and got up into the fence a little bit. Um, but then, you know, through the rest of the race, just kind of managed, tried to try to make sure we saved tires a little bit the best we could. And uh, that last green flag stop, uh, the craziest thing I've ever seen. So front changer went in, hit five um, on the left front to tighten him up. Two of them didn't go on. He, he didn't get him all the way on. Jackman dropped the jack. Well, he went in to grab a, at least a fourth one, right? You, you know, you're going to at least have to grab that fourth one. And as the car came down off the jack, it actually put the the socket of the gun into the hole of the wheel and it, it about ripped my man's arms off. But one thing I will give him uh, credit for, he didn't let go of the gun. He was going to ride that thing out until the last possible minute. And if my front tire changer or carrier hadn't drug him off, uh, he was going to ride that thing out. And so obviously we, we pulled the gun out of the box, which is a penalty. Uh, but the, the frustrating part about it is we actually beat the nine off of pit road, right? So when everything cycled, we beat the nine. And on the plane, I asked my engineer, I said, I probably don't want to know the answer, but if you go and look at the lap times, could we have stayed there? And he's like, yep, absolutely. We, we matched them at least lap for lap. So um, that was disappointing. But then, you know, coming to the end of the race, we knew we had two off, right? We made the pass through. We knew we had two lug nuts off. So we made the, uh, the decision to pit coming to the checkered. Um, which was genius. Put the two I mean, there's on. only, you only lost one spot on a pit stop. Yeah. I mean, that was the way you played that out was perfect. Yeah. We got lucky because the leader was, you know, the leader was, was not far behind us because of the pass through. So we knew that if I came in on the white, you know, he'd already crossed the start finish line. So the race was over at that point. So for us, we, um, we were able to kind of stay on that lead lap and, and finish the race, kept the streak alive. Uh, my top 10 streak is still going. I don't know how many that is in a row, but I think it's like 16 or something in a row. So I'm do, not going to complain about that. Do us a huge so. favor. Clear your Monday after Dover. So when you win the race in the door bumper clear car, you can join us in studio to celebrate. 
that is the plan. I, I'm bummed that I'm not there. This was a last minute. Like we have to make sure this happens today. Um, and you guys on the cup side will obviously, uh, well, Freddie, you won't cause you're, you're, you know, you got that other brand, but, um, <laughs> Well, I guess both of you, TJ, see, both TJ you, you guys too. are both out. Yeah, yeah, you guys are both out. You just Sorry. Helping Brett. Uh, our Chevy, when our Chevys are winning the race on Sunday, you'll know why. It's because I'm sitting here right now today. So, <laughs> well, we appreciate you, brother. Thanks for joining us, and uh, can't yeah. wait to offer this diecast to fans to see you run this paint scheme, man. It's going to be epic. It's going to be awesome. I, a huge thank you to RacingUSA.com, though, too. I mean, I think that that's it's really cool that they've they've stepped up as being a part of this, and you know they're going to offer this diecast. I think it's going to be a lot of fun and. Well, uh, like I said, they all look good, but I'm I'm hoping that this this pre-production diecast goes into a race win diecast. Is all I'm saying. Same, I agree Same. with you, man. Yeah. Well, have fun in your sim session, and good luck this weekend. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. All right, see you, brother, see you, man. Thanks. Thanks. Engine, engine number nine. I'll tell you, if they don't hurry up and fix this track, I'm going to run out of beer and cigarettes. Okay, so TJ, look at the data all the time. I'm going to tell you this data. Hey, Freddie, just letting you know we got the beige GMC out in the parking lot in case you want to have Bubba come out and hit us like you said everything else on the track. So. Hey now, Jason, got a message for you. Get out of Dillner's ass. Reaction Theater starts now. Yeah, I got a big bone to pick with Blaney's pit crew. Last three weeks have probably got him negative 50 spots on pit road. Fastest car again this week and nothing to show for it. Thanks, pit crew. I don't. I didn't notice it as much this week. I thought they were pretty decent last week, but the, I forget. I think it was was it Fontana. Maybe they were not good. It was. It was not. I would. I don't know how Ryan didn't go nuts. Shout sure out to Briscoe's pit crew, man. They kept him to lead on all those stops when it mattered. And that's a lot of pressure. That's a big deal for somebody that's not in that position on a weekly basis. Which yeah, I been this year. There's a lot of disparity on pick. Like, there's a lot of up and down. There's not as much consistency right well, now. And the biggest thing I think is the fact that how fast pit stops are. One little mistake is now magnified by you know three or four times because everybody is nailing down. You know, there's yeah. If everybody nails it, you miss it by a little bit. You know, you're you're giving up instead of giving up one or two spots. It's more like I've 10. seen more. You know, a guy go in second, come out eighth, and more guy go in sixth, come out second. You know, I've seen way more moving movement on pit road. It's good. Hey, Jason, can you do me a favor and never pick Austin Dillon for DBC picks ever <laughs> again? Pick I know you can't use them again, but like playoffs next year, whatever. Don't don't ever pick him again because clearly TJ's cursing skills have rubbed off on you. He was running the best he's ever run at Phoenix. And then just out of nowhere on the last lap, Daniel Suarez decides to join Team Neverlift and just full sends him into the corner, and he ends up 21st. So pour out a white cloth for him. We'll get him next week. But, man, that sucks. I think Suarez was too worried about blocking that run on the 18, and then he just made a huge freaking error. <laughs> he definitely but, made an error. There's no mistake. That's good. There's no mistake there. <laughs> So apparently we went away from, you know, mystery debris cautions to, uh, you know, give us a nice finish like we used to do. Now we just pay Eric Jones to wreck every goddamn week and we still get our finish. What the f***? Come on, Frisco, let's win this. I think he did. 
I was I was having flashbacks because I was like a half a straightaway behind a 43 again. He hit the inside wall, and I'm like, watch this 43. Dude, if you could have teed that up again, oh, my gosh. We could have done the whole show about that. I made sure. I was like, watch, it's a 43. Watch him make sure he stays on the bottom this time. <laughs> hey, guys, there at Door Bumper Clear. I was with you last week out there in the suite in Las Vegas. Holla. Had money on all three of the races, and uh, turns out I was just a week too soon. I'm a big Chase Briscoe fan. Had uh, enough money on him there last week in Vegas that I could have paid for the whole suite experience. Had he won, and turns out he won this week, which I am pumped about. Also had money on Noah Gragson last week, and he won this week. So hats off to both of those guys. Exciting to see him win, and I uh, guess I'm just a week too early. They should have called in with who he picked this week so all the people at home can bet on them next week. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Brett, go ahead. You got it? Yeah, Rusty Rush won 100 grand. I got to copy the ticket. Yeah. Isn't it's, he uh, sending all of their crew guys a $1,000 too or something? Really? Probably. I mean, I mean, he's already rich, so <laughs> he's only just got another 100 grand added to the pile. That's a good That's a good day. That was a good day. Yeah. Yeah. Here's Rusty the ticket. Rusty Knows how to have fun, and I cannot imagine what he did, what that party was like after he won a hundred thousand dollars yesterday. Especially, That's he's probably on the four. fourteen card. Well, he, he bet four thousand. Oh, okay, plus uh, twenty five hundred yeah. to win a hundred grand. What? So payouts a hundred. I'm assuming he's on the good. car, right? He's uh, he's probably on the car somewhere yesterday. Yeah, no, so I mean, yeah, he was on the car, but Mahindra was obviously the primary. Ah, uh, but let me tell you something about Rusty Rush. The son knows how to have a good time, and you know how much hurdur he drank after that. Uh, that's awesome. This guy takes takes a bottle of Herdura, and Her- I would Her- say what? I would say Herdura tequila. <laughs> I would say he would take the cap off and throw it away, but no. Instead, he just fills the cap with shots and hands them out to everybody. And you don't have a choice but to drink at least two bottles of Herdura. And when you see Rusty, and I just got, like hearing you say that he's got a case with him at case all times. I went hunting down this ranch in South Texas, and he will not start the truck up at six a.m. until everybody takes two shots of tequila. We're sitting here, boys. That's hard. Uh, it's Dude, a you hard. should have heard this. Struggle is real. What was that b- word you used last week? Fortuitous. Sorry. Yeah, no, you said so, you said it differently, dude. Fortuitous. Yeah, that he kept it. saying it too. It was like fortuitous, fortuitous, fortuitous. I said it once, and then I said it twice because you didn't know what it meant. Herdura. Herdura's a tequila brand. <laughs> Twenty years of trying. Twenty years of frustration. Bubba Wallace comes to the line to finish a race. With all four fenders on the car. Oh, what a moment, ladies and gentlemen. There is an emotional Michael Jordan crying, Denny Hamlin high-fiving members of the 2311 crew. What a moment, finally. Bubba said, if Matthew Stafford can win the Super Bowl, I can finish a race with the fenders still intact. Well, you've been hitting a lot of stuff, right? Yesterday was our worst finish of the year, so I'm going to tear that fender off every week, I guess. I don't, I just, just an a, a awful start to the season after Daytona. So, yesterday is the first time we didn't spin out. And that's your and best that's probably, finish. And that was probably your, that so was my worst what finish. What you're trying to say is you need me to clear the path most <laughs> Yesterday <laughs> was my worst finish. Yeah. <laughs> you need me to clear the yeah. path for you. Quite yeah, I need a, you to take a couple And then when I don't, you go ahead and just wipe me out anyway. <laughs> You, Freddie. <laughs> we were trying to we were trying to strategize the lucky dog there towards the MVP. TJ. <laughs> TJ's like, go ahead and just wreck, will you? <laughs> I needed a, I needed a lap, and I was like, come on, Freddie, you knocked Fender off. 
I said, let me pass you, then you can wreck. Give Briscoe a hand. Give Briscoe a hand. The winner of the race shouldn't go on TV looking like that. It's a damn sure shame when you win your first race, you look like the drowning wreck. Somebody please give Briscoe a hat. The the funniest <laughs> the funniest shit I've seen That's last funny. night. What was, was that guy's name? Ben, what was that guy's name? Jeb? No, no. it wasn't Jeb. Juggernaut John. Juggernaut John. Juggernaut John. That was funny. Good work. We I uh when I got on the plane, I didn't know what the hell they were talking about because I didn't look at any of the replays. And I got on the plane and I kept getting that big Ern McCracken uh tweet <laughs> uh gif, you know, the from the Kingpin movie where oh, Bill Murray's yeah. got his hair just yeah. flying all over the place. And I was like, What the hell is this? And I seen a replay. I was like, Okay, now I get it. Dude, he needs to hire Tyler Reddick's trainer. Cause <laughs> cause Reddick looks like a stud right now. I mean, he's not a stud. He's he's three I, foot I tall. I will say yeah, he looks he's, he's, he looks ripped. <laughs> Briscoe's Brisco, uh, hat. He, like when the wind was blowing his hair, it was like ten inches long. Man, like like he's got some good. Like, give him a hat. Give him a hat. Did Brad tell you now you can just swear on the show like every five seconds? You're swearing yeah, more than both. This is a new guy. I mean, this is I'm he still doesn't cuss. I mean, but you still, never cursed before. This is all new. Good. You want, is, you want me to say something? I mean, you want me to cuss? Why don't you stop? Good, because every time you cuss, you got to mark a little something <laughs> off. <laughs> Sorry, Jason. All right. Well, you can leave an audio message 24-7. You know the drill. Go to anchor.fm slash clear and click the message icon. We'll keep playing the best ones on the show. You can cut out the off, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> I probably don't need to be saying that, but saying what? Nothing. Casey, <laughs> next topic. Offer pad question of the week. Growing up, what was the most fun thing to do outside in your home? Brett. I had a Honda XR80 motorcycle and I lived on that thing. Me and my best friend Matt Smith, he had a Kawasaki three wheeler. Soon as school's over, knock out my homework, get on that motorcycle, put a helmet on, drive about a quarter of a mile, take the helmet off, leave it laying in the woods, and go ride motorcycles all day. Best thing ever. Nothing better than having a dirt bike. If you're if you're a mom and dad and you live out there where you can have a dirt bike for your kid, get them one. I don't. I can't get one where we live. Um, I guess we ride up down the I golf course. You can't, you can't go tear up the golf course. Nah, we get in trouble. But X Honda XR80, best time ever. Uh, we used to live, so this is going back when I was a, a young kid, me and John were probably, I don't know, four and nine or something like that. But we used to have this big ass hill by our house. And we used to have big wheel races down the hill into the driveway every day. Uh, we, I would wreck the ever living out of John. I'd let him think he's winning all the way to the driveway. We would go down the hill and then hard right into the driveway and then run into like the garage door. And I would let him think he's winning every time and then just clean him out as soon as we got anywhere near the the driveway. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that was, that was fun. And they tried to kill me on a little tykes car. One time they sent me down a hill. I don't know what just happened, but I like it. Um, <laughs> John, John was my house sitter last week while I, don't I was like out of anymore. town and I, I, I had to pay him 400 bucks. Actually, I should take a hundred back because he killed Joey's guinea pig. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Fred. Oh, he God. killed Fred. He killed a guinea pig named Fred of all people. So. Yeah. 
Yeah, John texts me at one in the morning, East Coast time. He's like, man, I I think this guinea pig's dead. I'm like, well, what do you mean you think? Like, you can't give a guinea pig CPR. Like, is it moving or not moving? Or So, TJ. Uh, he texts me. He killed Fred. He texts me, I think, before he texts you. And he said, I got a dead guinea pig over here. <laughs> John had a rough weekend, huh? Those kids. I feel so Forget bad for And he texts me and he goes, I, I went online because John's like this really sweet soul, right? And he's like, I went online. I researched it. And apparently the other guinea pig is going to get depressed. <laughs> I said, well, go ahead and kill that f- too and get rid of both of them. <laughs> you killed one. You might as well kill the other one. That way I can get out of the guinea pig. Uh, he said, he said well, I don't know what to do. I said, just tell Brett. I said, as long as you don't kill a fish, he don't care. Like, he'll be yeah. fine. Yeah, don't kill the fish. Um, my, my favorite. <laughs> oh, boy. My favorite thing to do outside the house was probably just race everything, anything. Big wheels, bicycles, anything. It didn't matter what I was doing then. I was racing. So, yeah. Let it be publicly documented. I gave Freddie $400 to give his brother. Because Freddie may not. I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) We'll clip this out of the show. (laughs) Jason, cut that (laughs) out. Remind me never to let John house sit my house. If you yeah. got a couple pets yeah, you, you want to get rid of, he's great. <laughs> he goes. He, he can watch a house. He just can't watch an animal. So apparently. what are you going to do with the second one? I don't know. Arlo? Take him to a therapist. Know he's going to get depressed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Joey cried about it. Yeah. Google guinea pig therapist. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thanks to Offer Pad for bringing up that uh, Fred didn't make it. Poor Fred. I mean, what a great name. Did, you, did your kids name a guinea pig after me? Yeah. Was that a coincidence? Nope. Jesus. <laughs> Jason, did you play uh, basketball a lot growing up? Yeah, but I think we should move on because we're going really long. <laughs> when are we going to play, Jason? That's what I was about to say. Yeah, we can play soon. Call well, Dale, I mean, ask him when his uh, gym's available. Why? I mean, we just moved that ping pong table and put a hoop in here. I seen Dale talking again this week. I mean, he, he keeps threatening to come here, but I, I looked at I me, and J, me and TJ looked yeah. around outside, and I didn't see him walking up to the door. No, or we talked about this, too. They're, he's not showing up here. No, he doesn't want no part of this. He's, yeah. You should listen to the whole podcast to give it context to your conversations versus just watching the video clips. Yeah, just don't watch a two-minute video clip and think you know what you're talking about. You know, Leslie, you can listen once in a while. Aggressive <laughs> over here. All right, go get a cash offer. I don't see a Dell Jr. download diecast car I know, car that's what I was going to say. He's not in a race car. car. Forget that guy. One. They yeah. got a diecast. They don't got a real car. Yeah. 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 This I'm isn't a dirty mo generic is race car. Bus. This is, is a legitimate door bumper clear race car. Like this isn't just a dirty mo car. This is our car. Anybody can have a dirty mo car. He'll probably show up when he needs the ratings bump. So yeah, he did. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> You're just still uh, pissed off about the boat situation. Oh, you want to talk about that? Huh? <laughs> Summer people, is coming. People still bring that up. Oh, I'm sure. Did you get your boat yet? Like nope. Mo. <laughs> 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 Jason's thanking you over here. Go uh, get the cash offer on your home today with our presenting sponsor, OfferPad.com. Get up and throw on a guinea pig cage. <laughs> what an idiot. Time for what an idiot. Well... Mine was going to be John because he killed Brett's guinea pig. And it was John right up until about 9.15 this morning when I pulled in the parking lot. So my what idiot now is spotter Brett over here for whatever tree he parked underneath last night to get his entire truck. I've never seen so much bird in my life. (laughs) 
If you go out there, Brett used to have a black truck, and now it's white. <laughs> yeah, spoke about it. <laughs> Did you see his truck when he pulled up? No, but I am. Uh, oh, my I don't gosh. know what that bird ate, but it tore his stomach up. <laughs> you think it was the same bird that many There's times? There's no way. I mean, it literally covered the entire front of your truck. That bird's dehydrated if it's the same bird. They really pissed off at you, whatever no, you No, they're, they're <laughs> off. They're, they're, they've unloaded on Brett. Yeah, it was pretty bad. Oh, my, what an idiot goes to something non-racing related i saw that a guy bought tom brady's last ever touchdown football for five hundred and eighteen thousand dollars only for tom brady the next day to announce that he's coming back to play football so congratulations you win what an idiot for all time there's not a dumber guy than you we might have had we might have also had like the smartest guy on the planet because whoever sold it might have had some inside information to where I got to get rid of this thing because, damn, his, this <laughs> guy's coming back tomorrow. <laughs> There's so many so many choices again this week. Um, but I, I'm going to go maybe one step above Brett, and I'm going to go with Tom Brady. How do you retire and then a month later decide you're not going to retire? I can, I can fully understand it, though, because, like, I know, I know he looks like he's in his third year still, and he's going to play until he's 70 probably, but... How do you retire? And then what happened was he went home and spent like <laughs> six weeks with his wife and kids. And he's like, I'm going back to work. Yeah. Like, I, there's no way I can do it. How many times did Mark Martin unretire? <laughs> yeah, Even more I mean, than that, the, the, the group Alabama. The group Alabama's been playing their last tour for 27 years. This is our final tour. I seen one of their concerts at a hibachi place in California recently. play me some There's certain things that you get Brett rolling on. Grandpa used to play. really miss the the old driver, the 21. Who was that? He drives a 25 truck now. Yeah, who is it? Who used to drive the 21? Last year. 21 what? Cup car? Matt D. Benedetto? Oh, he's got You're getting practicing it. Whoa, yeah. He, he's been on the verge of being what an idiot a few times, too. You like, do you think he listens to Baba Bama? Baba Baba Bama. And drinks hula hula. What, Roll what, what, on highway. Hula. I love Alabama. Hey, what's up, DBC fans? If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let us explain. Well, first of all, Freddie, the best part is it's free. There's nothing better than using a free, awesome service. To make the process simple and easy, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor helps people find your show by distributing the podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more platforms. Also, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. I like like money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. We love using Anchor. It's a great platform that lets us hear from the fans in Reaction Theater with Anchor's Leave a Message feature. So when you create your account with Anchor, you can also utilize their feature and make your own podcast. TJ will uh, be your first guest. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M to get started. All right. We doing DBC picks. Casey, you suck. I know. I know. Freddie won at Phoenix with Suarez. Now, Freddie, Brett, TJ, and Jason are all tied for the lead. With Y'all realize I had this shit won again. Had. Had. Again. Again. Let's make picks for Atlanta. I will go first. Sounds good. Why do you get to go first? Because I Cause suck. Because you, you finished last. I'm sorry. I'm trying. Okay? I was going to win. Freddie 
So he screwed me. Get out of the way. He fang screwed I mean, you. I was going to win. You with were. The die. Yeah, then he's far like, oh, my God. All right, I'm not, I really don't know who to pick this week. Uh, I'm not I know. Lying, I, know. I could have picked out of a hat, so I'm just going to go Why don't you pick a driver that's not going to be in the race again like you did in Daytona? I didn't know we were. Stop talking. All right, you, you've had all week to get ready I'm for this. I'm going to. You just said that you don't know who to pick for Atlanta. I'm going to go with Chris Busher. Mm. That's, I, I was actually considering Who that. picks second? Oh, so I picked third? Yes. Okay. I was going to pick Chris Busher, and now I'm going to pick Eric Jones. Oh, swinging for the fence. <laughs> he, he's not really wrecked much this year. Well, this week he's going to run well and not wrecked. Yeah, he's been, he was actually really fast a couple places, right? And that's the thing. I think you see these teams that have been fast by surprise. I think that dwindles when we get back on this East Coast after Atlanta. So I think these guys going to – these super teams going to make these cars better. Look at this. Dryer sheet. There's a dryer <laughs> sheet around my neck. <laughs> I'm going to use this to clean that bird shit off the front of my truck. You, ain't using that. you better use some I'm industrial gonna take, uh, I'm going to swing big again. I went and did Hamill last week. He oh. was an epic fail. So let's try Ryan Blaney. I'm going to go with Eric Almirola. He's quietly been pretty good. Has he? Been okay. Ready? I'm going to go Austin Dillon. I think you need to be aggressive. I think you need to want to block. Like, I think this is going to be awesome. I'm telling you right now, if you live within 50 miles of this place and you don't go this weekend, you're crazy. Crazy. Yeah. Crazy. If you are trying. there, be sure to let me know, let us all know, because I want to say hi. And I hear uh, Xfinity will be giving away some shirts on Saturday with the yeah. new logo uh, at the track. So stay tuned to Xfinity Racing to find out how, and I might be there as well. One thing to keep an eye on this week, since we broke our right front fender streak, I think the only streak alive now is Christopher Bell spinning out in every race. So if it's been nice to see you keep that, that rolling in a broke my streak to that. Casey's heart. Atlanta. Yeah, Casey hates when Christopher spins out. Yeah. Same. All right. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, thanks, Justin, for coming on and announcing the door bumper clear paint scheme, which we're all still rolling cloud nine about. Right? Go get your diecast right now, racingusa.com. Backslash. DBC. Backslash DBC. Got our own URL, guys. Might not fit in your house with their big heads. Well, but, you know. Get a wide door and a tall ceiling. get a bigger house. Fine. With offer pack. Offer pack. And come to Dover on April 30th and watch the race. Watch yeah, the DBC we'll car. How can we, we, we need to talk Mike into doing a little DBC suite there, like a small one. Mm, it's our paint cool. scheme. We got to celebrate this. As producer, I think I should sit in the pit box. And I'm really good at Call being an idiot in the casino the night before a race at Dover. I love that. Fire and ice. That's a fact. Yeah. Can All confirm right. that well, too. Thank, thank you guys for listening. It's good to be back, Casey. Sorry you were not feeling great last week. I was actually working... A huge event for Nutrient Solutions down in New Orleans. But uh, after 12 days of consecutive travel, it was good to sleep in my own bed last night for three hours before the show. So love you guys. Thanks for listening. We out. Have a Words. good week. Holla. See ya. This is a production of Dirty Mo Media. Check out Dirty Mo Media. YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Dirty Mo. Dirty Mo. Dirty Mo.